0: The following program is pre-recorded. Live from the Hope Center in Plano, Texas, this is Hope in the Night. Late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help. And on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker, June Hunt. June, a while back you talked about depression and looking for a biblical example of bipolar depression, including the mania and the the depression part of things, and finding in the the account, I won't say story, because that makes it sound fit like fiction. So the account of King Saul. What a great story, and I've never thought of it that way in terms of bipolar depression. But what right. are some of the, the connections that you saw there?
1: Well, there were um, characteristics of mania, which would be classic for those who had bipolar, as well as... Um, that which would be called depressive i won't have time to do the whole thing but uh god's word never shades us from the glaring realities of truth and it warns us instructs us reveals truths about our humanity um it it's like a reflection of life and um that's where i i i was stunned when i i went oh my goodness i i realized this is King Saul. You see this um, the 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 types of symptoms would be for mania, uh extreme irritability, poor judgment, excessive excessive pleasures, uh inflated sense of self, easily distracted, um, ab- obsessive focus, racing thoughts and this unfounded, euphoric mood. And uh, there are examples all the way, and we we list them based on the actual scriptures, giving the, um, like King Saul's manic behaviors. Um, He was disobeying God because of just pure impatience. And we have the reference, uh, forbidding his army to eat in battle. This is poor judgment. Um, Well, they needed food, and the, the, the Bible in First Samuel fourteen twenty four um, uh, is clear that it said none of the, of the troops tasted food. Well, in battle, <laughs> that is what. Well, consequently, the men became weak. Um, excessive pleasures, uh, keeping the excessive battle spoils. Um, and it, it describes all the things. And they were not to do this based on uh, what what had been communicated. Uh, th- this is all 1 Samuel 15, uh, 9, and 9 through 11, an inflated sense of self. Well, he erects a monument to himself in 1 Samuel fifteen twelve. 12. Uh, clearly just an act of grandiosity. Uh, becoming easily distracted by the songs of the Israeli women, um, well, you know this was where uh, Saul um, had uh, had killed his thousands, but but David his tens of thousands. Uh, well, it just um, it, it was the comparison, just not where his focus needed to be, um, being. Uh, being hyper-focused on the goal of of killing David. Uh, That was the obsessiveness. Uh, It's chapter after chapter. Uh, Having repetitive thoughts about David. Um, Again, there are certain things that he did. And just, in fact, um, this unfounded, euphoric mood, he just presumed he had the Lord's favor no matter what he violated, no matter what he did. And then you see the characteristics of depression, losing hope in the, the face of fear. Uh, this is, It's debilitating fear and hopelessness, diminished pleasure in the normal activities uh, that he would have. Uh, the, these are classic symptoms. Uh, increased irritability, unrealistic negative evaluations, exaggerated frustration, sad, discouraged, uh, it being pessimistic, loss of appetite, and suicidal thoughts or attempts. And what you see, all of those are classic. This is why bipolar, they're, they're bipolar manic for a certain period of time, and they swing to uh, being this deep depression. And you see from... First Samuel 17, um, examples of this debilitating fear. It's losing hope in the face of fear, uh, despising David's music playing when he previously loved it. That would be diminished pleasure in usual activities. Uh, you see that in Samuel, first Samuel 16. Um flying into angry outbursts, accusing men of treason, killing his confronter, uh, bemoaning his fate and fearing David, uh, refusing to eat and then literally taking his own life. Um, candidly, the Bible says, upon receiving a critical wound in battle and being unable to persuade his armor better to kill him, This is a quote, Saul took his own sword and fell on it. That obviously was suicide. So I think it's imperative to see that even the Bible reflects this, uh, what, what we call today, bipolar disorder. It is a reflection of what is going on in real life.
2: Are you struggling with a difficult life issue? Maybe it's a family problem, a private struggle, or something in your past you've never resolved. The good news is you're not alone. Sometimes we need to talk things through with someone who will listen to our story and help make sense of what we're experiencing. For more than 20 years on Hope in the Night, June Hunt has listened to thousands of personal stories, heartaches and challenges from people like you, and provided compassionate counsel from God's Word. No matter what the issue is, family, marriage, anxiety, abuse, grief, or just the daily stresses of work and life. June would love to talk with you and share help and hope through God's Word. If you'd like to talk with June on Hope in the Night, give us a call at 1-800-917. We'll protect your privacy and sharing your story might bless someone else's life. Give us a call today at 1-800-917. That's 1-800-644-4817.
3: The sound you're hearing is your generosity at work. That's our folding machine preparing hundreds of our short biblical resources to send to prisoners around the country. Hi, I'm Curtis Hale, president of Hope for the Heart. I want to say thank you for your prayers and financial support of our ministry. Thanks to your generosity, we've been able to send thousands of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to prisoners in Texas and to Rikers Island in New York City. These practical resources are pointing inmates to the hope of God's Word on issues like anger, abuse, depression, loneliness, salvation, and more. They're truly changing lives, and this is all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more life-changing biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope.
0: are listening to Hope in the Night. I'm Jeff Oliver, and uh, we'll get to our caller in just a moment. Our customer support team can be reached at 800-488-HOPE. And they're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'll help guide you to God's hope through our resources. They're number 800-488-H-O-P-E. Now, if you would like to speak with June about something that's happening in your life and uh, to do that on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, we welcome your call at 800 Night Seventeen. That's 800-N-I-G-H-T 17. When you call, just leave a detailed message for us, and we'll get back to you soon to schedule you for an upcoming Hope in the Night. That's 800 night 800 644 4817 Well, let's get to our caller for tonight, and we have uh, coming back to us from just a few days ago, we're uh, welcoming back our caller, Peace.
1: Well, welcome back, my friend. So glad that you're Um, wanting to continue to deal with... You you were concerned about several relationships uh, in your life and uh, some... I'm going to use the term... It sounded like crossing the boundary of what is appropriate. And uh, basically you're asking, you know, what do you do? And last time uh, we we talked about... um, you know, people in your life, um, and there were several, um, but um, you're wanting to, to know what to do and what, what really is appropriate. Uh, you talked about a controlling pastor. You talked about a person with a critical spirit. And last time we talked about anxiety, uh, people who have huge anxiety, and uh, but then they can Cause others to have anxiety by virtue of their anxiety. Not that you said that. I'm I'm saying that. Um, so uh, I know you had an idea of where we might start. So why don't you tell me what you would like for us to deal with?
4: Sure. First of all, I'd like to thank you for having me back, anyways. And um, yeah, I, ever since um, i was speaking to you, I've been dealing with these issues for quite some time. So. Um, I have to say uh, thank you because it seems to me like I'm having a spirit of peace on my heart because it was so oppressive trying mm. to have good relationships with the, with those type of people and with the people that were um, causing a lot of uh, stress in my life. <clears throat> and I really want to thank you because it's been um, very peaceful for me. Mm. Um, and I thank you. I really appreciate it very much. It's something I struggled with for a while, and I... Thank you for the prayers, because I do feel somewhat of an impression off my spirit. So mm-hmm. I, I just want to mention that. Thank you so much for that.
1: You're very thoughtful.
4: Thank you. Um, I basically wanted to talk about, like the other time, um, about the anxiety, which is you gave me some really good insight, and I thank you. But this particular time, I'd like to talk about a friend of mine who is as a close friend of mine, a Christian close friend, almost like was a best friend to me and um my friend had a, a water skiing accident about like um maybe about 3 years ago and they really are in a lot of pain and their whole personality changed because they were um in a lot of pain mm-hmm. and yes. um i and and i asked her as as a friend as a christian friend i said listen i'll help you with everything i can you're a good friend of mine and I would help anyway, but of course, if they're a close friend, I said I'll help you with anything. So um, my friend was like, "Yeah, okay." So I I went over to their house to help them with some um, with cleaning, you know, cleaning their house or, or mm-hmm. taking to doctor visits and so forth. But it seemed to me that the, in three year period, their uh, condition got worse, and now they're in pain all the time. Had tons and tons of surgery, and um, and i felt really bad for this person my friend and i offered to go over to their house and help them out and basically i have to say i made a might made might have made a mistake by saying that i was going to take them to a uh, surgery they had a surgery and i was going to bring them to the hospital and bring them back bring this person back however covid happened you know covid happened mm-hmm. and um and my friend basically told me um when they were in surgery before they had surgery they told me which scared the life out of me they're like you know what Carol, you can come take care of me for a few months, which I never agreed to, but a few months, and I do have a life beside them, and I'm not being mean. They're like, well, you could come over here and take care of me, and and then they said, by the way, when I get released from the hospital for surgery, I could die, die, die from. If you don't know what you're doing, um, you have to go. They had major surgery. They wanted me to take care of. Um, I think major with their arm and they wanted me to take care of them, bathe them, whatever. And I'm like, listen, I said, I don't do that type of stuff. I, I'm i really scared when you told me you could die from it. I said, I think you need other type of help besides myself. I don't feel comfortable. And then they're like, well, what's wrong with you? And and, and so, so I decided um, uh, maybe about a week or two before the surgery that I was not going to follow through because it was too much expectation from me on top of the fact um, that they um, were being really harsh with me, critical with me when I said no. They're like, I can't believe you're not going to follow through. And they were really kind of being mean about it. And then they started... I don't know if they were taking medication or whatever. They started being really harsh and started, you know, saying, what's wrong with you? You're not a friend. You're just a good-time friend. All these really harsh things. And after a while, I couldn't take it. And I said, I'm so sorry. I can't do that for you. I'll help you. Let me find somebody else to help you with your, um, with the surgery. And so then... Um, then they eventually asked her family member and they were so mad at me and they're still mad at me to this day and told me that I am not a friend and um and you're and you're and how can I be a Christian and all this other stuff. It was just really difficult to be around this person and since then they've been really kind of not nice to me at all. And I tried to apologize, sent them a letter and they're like, You're just a good time friend. You're not really a good friend at all you you shouldn't even call yourself a friend, and how could you do this? Uh, Basically, that's what it is. So, I mean, that's their attitude.
1: Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, I'm thinking of somebody else where it's almost an identical situation. And, um, you know, I was called, in this case, it wasn't a dating situation, but it was a male-female friend, and this man, the, the 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 woman the, my my friend uh she, uh, she had the same uh, she she was reacted to just the same way because she knew she could not take care physically of this man and uh, cuz she had some physical issues herself but it was taken the uh, the most negative way you know you're not a friend and it was the same language um uh, and I, I know another situation where it's the same thing. So I think we have to then be realists. Um, what I'm saying to you is this is not you're you're not unique. There are people, a group of people who assume that if you have a certain relationship with them, uh, that that. This is what you are to do. Now, in a way, I want you to think of it this way. That can be a type of enmeshment where they genuinely are upset. They are genuinely thinking you should do this. But these are unrealistic expectations from the standpoint that you have a right as a i'm going to use the term single person you're one person and you need to be led by the lord as to what you do there are many people who are put uh, i'm going to use the term a guilt trip they'll put a guilt trip on you and uh they want to send you packing on that trip and it's it's not right but unfortunately this is a part of of a, a it's an it's a mindset of if you're in a relationship with me you have to be willing to do whatever i expect you to do but this is not healthy can you can you see that this is not healthy
4: Absolutely, but I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to add on to that that this person is in pain all the time, and in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, I was best friends with this person, and you know, um, And I'm not. I'm not saying what they do is right, and how they treat me, and really, truthfully, not very kind. But I thought to myself, the Lord said, "Well, what about if you?" I put myself in my shoes to love my neighbor as myself. Of course, this is a close friend I've had for many, many years. Mm -hmm. Um, What would you want? How would you want people to treat you? myself, if you were in pain all the time, and Mm -hmm. I've known, you know, Mm -hmm. this person is a close friend. So, in a way, it's not right the way they're acting, but I also want to be compassionate and merciful as a Christian as well. But, yes, it isn't correct, but then I thought to myself, if I was in pain all the time, I don't think I'd be the nicest person to be around. I don't know what I would do. You know what I'm saying? I just don't know. And I
1: I agree, yes. Being in pain uh, continuously... Uh, is wearing, but um, this is where um, we have to... I'm going to say it this way. I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. I want to know, sure. have you personally given Jesus Christ control of your life?
4: I like to think that I have, but there's times I haven't, but I, I would like to be able to give him uh, yeah, I've I've, I'm, I've accepted Jesus in my heart absolutely. Love Jesus in my heart totally. Yes. Um, there's okay. times that I don't always listen to what he's <laughs> definitely okay. not, but I'm trying. You know, I'm trying.
1: Okay. Well, the issue but in answer is. To your
4: question. Yes, I have. Yes.
1: Well, the, this is this is the point. Are we, are you and I, and every person who's listening right now, are you? Are we spirit-led or people-pressured? Are we spirit-led, meaning the Spirit of God, in our lives? If, if we're authentic Christians, the Bible says that you once you've believed, and, and that means you rely upon, you hear, hear the word of truth, and then you literally... Yield your will to the will of Jesus Christ. Then at that point, you are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And he doesn't come and go. And this is all in um, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. So with him on the inside, we need to be spirit led, led by the spirit of God. Or we could be people pressured people pressured many people live their lives being pressured but see my responsibility and your responsibility is instead of being people pressured it is to be spirit-led and how do you know what which is right Well, do you have the peace of god the peace of the spirit of god
5: Ever struggle to believe that God loves you, that He accepts you, forgives you, and sees you as precious and beloved to Him? So many of us have a distorted image of God that He is distant, disappointed, or doesn't care about what's going on in our lives. The truth is, God cares about you more than you believe. We want to encourage you to check out June Hunt's popular 31 day devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. You will gain biblical insight to help embrace the life-changing truth of the identity you have through your relationship with Jesus Christ. We give this devotional to every caller on Hope in the Night, and we give praise to God for how it has been used by Him to change so many lives for so many years. Get a copy of June Hunt's devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes for yourself or for a loved one at junehunt.org. That's junehunt.org.
6: We would love your prayers here at Hope for the Heart. Over and over in God's Word, the Lord encourages us to lift up one another in prayer. We are reminded in 2 Corinthians 1-11, you help us by your prayers. So we want to encourage you to join the prayer team of June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. You can join the Hope for the Heart prayer team at hopefortheheart.org pray. When you sign up to join our prayer team, we will send you an email each month. To keep you updated with the latest prayer needs of June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. Our prayer team is a great way to stay connected and support June. And support the Hope of the Night broadcast. We are so grateful for your prayers and support of our listeners and friends like you who make this ministry possible. You can join our prayer team at hopefortheheart.org slash pray. That's hopefortheheart.org slash pray. And thank you for partnering with us in prayer.
0: to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We're a ministry of hope for the heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. We exist because of your ongoing prayers and continued support of this ministry. We thank you. If you have questions or concerns about the topic of a critical spirit, we have uh, Keys for Living that will help you. You can get in touch with our customer support team. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'll help you access the appropriate resources. And the Keys for Living called Critical Spirit, Confronting the Heart of a Critic. Also, boundaries. You may be interested in information on uh, how to set them, how to keep them. That's the subtitle of our Keys for Living on Boundaries. And uh, again, those resources and many others are available as you call our customer support team at 800-488-4673. That's 800 488 Hope you may also email them at customer support at hopefortheheart dot org and ask any questions. Maybe there's a resource we mentioned here and uh, you're not quite sure what that is. They'd be happy to help you and point you in the right direction. There again, customer support at hopefortheheart dot org. Let's return to tonight's conversation with peace.
1: Well, my friend, uh, there's another thought I had, and I'm doing this based on even. I'm going to mention this based on the content within our material on manipulation. I was one who was manipulated many, many, many times. And I didn't think of it that way. I was just thinking I was obligated to do certain things and that I had no choice, that I had no voice. I didn't have a voice and I could... I kind of grew up where I didn't have a voice, and so it was not unusual for me to cave in. And I say cave in, meaning it's one thing to want to do something for someone, and it's another thing when somebody expects you to do something, and if you don't, they blame you for being whatever it is, terrible friend uh, or no friend at all, and And I'm saying this because there there are healthy relationships and unhealthy relationships. There are toxic relationships. I'm talking about friendships. A toxic friendship isn't really that person being a friend. And therefore, it's like learning what is healthy where you're not being manipulated now you you could have caved in and thought oh my goodness i'm being accused of being basically a bad person and you didn't do that i would be more inclined to do that from the past but i I, I would even know when I was being manipulated, but I thought I had no choice. Does that make sense, what I'm saying?
4: Absolutely, yeah, Absolutely what you're saying. Um, um, okay. But I, I guess my question is this, and I just, yeah. Do you honestly think that people are thinking in their mind, Yeah, you know, I think I'm going to manipulate this person? I think it's done unconsciously because knowing this person that I know – they're, I don't think they're an evil person or a mean person. They're probably just like I'm really reaching out for help uh, in her situation where um, she doesn't have family or things like that, um, and a Christian friend. And that's my first part of the question. Um, so yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Well, let let me let me describe to you what manipulation is, and then and and by the way, I think people can get in such a habit of using words it, they, it it's using what is called the guilt trip that it's guilt guilt using guilt is the number one uh method uh I call it a, the a, a guilt game that is no fun at all it's there's no fun in it for the recipient uh but it is a way to get one's way but not, And and I hear what you're saying the problem was. She was in constant pain, or is she still in constant pain?
4: Yeah, she still is. Yeah, In fact, she's, she says, I don't feel like living anymore if I have to live that way. So she's very depressed, too. So it's not only that. It's somebody that doesn't even feel like living and is suffering from severe depression and tells me I don't want to live anymore. I feel I, God take me home. Okay. It's
1: yeah. Okay, well, so we got two different different issues. Um, the it one issue is truth. Um, what I heard from you is you felt when you were being told by her that there was this surgery, but. That she could die, and you thought, I don't feel qualified to be in this situation because I, I I don't know that I can always know what's best for her, and and if it's a life and death situation, did, did am I saying am I hearing you correctly, or am I yeah. verbalizing correctly? Okay. Absolutely. So so this I mean, so this doesn't I mean that. Yes.
4: Yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to mention one thing um, about her was that she was like, I have nobody else to help me. Um, well, she's a single person like myself, a single Christian woman. And she's like, mm-hmm. I don't have anybody else to help me, and I trust you. You're my friend, and I don't want to have anyone else. So um, I trust that you will be there for me. But the thing is that um, the problem was that she kept. Uh, Insisting that there was nobody else that could do it, I said, Well, don't you have insurance that'll cover it? And the insurance didn't cover it either, it, particularly not the short insurance that they had didn't apparently didn't cover it. So she's like, Well, who am I going to have here to come home? It's so stressful, you know. So, it, I'm just telling you the whole scenario of it. So, um, but she kept begging me. Just about, I have nobody else. You gotta help me. You're supposed to be my friend. You help me, and she was crying. I, I it was just very difficult to deal with. It's just, you know, I don't know the, you know. So, anyways, I just want to add that as well.
0: Well,
1: <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it this way. Healthy, uh, emotionally healthy people don't do that emotionally healthy people don't say well obviously you're not my friend um and basically it's implying that you're selfish and um i understand that she is is and was in a, a lot of pain um there still is needs to be where you have the ability to choose what god is leading you to do see ultimately the the first commandment of the 10 commandments is you shall have no other god gods before him and a person can be a god to us not that you're you're not saying that really about her but if we are con- allowing if we're allowing people to control us and manipulate us by guilt trips that is not healthy that's not and and I know she physically is in pain i get that but an emotionally healthy person would not then apply the kind of language because if you're saying, I don't feel qualified, I'm afraid I could do something wrong because you were, and I'm taking you at your word. Um, Sure. I think at issue there, so let me, I'm going to then phrase this uh, for part two. I said emotionally healthy people, don't say, if you don't do this, you're not my friend. That's that's not... When you're saying, I don't feel qualified, I mean, you're talking about you, life and death, and at that point, you did not feel led by God, correct? Exactly. In that situation?
4: No, I thought, if something happened, I would be... I wouldn't, yeah, would. I would, oh, I would oh. not be happy about that at all.
1: Okay, so what... I'm hearing is you did not have the peace of God to do that. Therefore, a, an, an emotionally healthy person would say, "Okay, I, I'm still challenged, but I will respect what you say and respect your decision." And there, uh, and and I, I am clear about her pain, but. Uh, what we have to look at is if there's a pattern of person periodically doing this, or if even if it were for the first time, it's still not. You, you're, you're supposed to be, and I'm supposed to be, we're all to be led by God. And there are a lot of people who, again, I was one who was easily manipulated um i didn't even think about it that way until finally i was writing counseling keys and i thought oh my gosh here i am you know and, and so i wrote what i needed to um be aware of and i i wrote what i needed to apply and um for example there are verbal methods of manipulation and it's like i'm looking right now uh, in fact i'm going to send this to you you know you should meet my needs you should make me happy you should give me security it it's the screaming shoulds you you ought to you need to you have to whereas the bible says love is not self-seeking but it's it's it you know the manipulator is implying if you don't meet my expectations, you are guilty of neglect. Um, If you don't do blank, whatever it is, uh, then you'll be sorry. Or um, it's like, if you don't meet my every need, I'll make you feel guilty. And it works, by the way. Usually, well, for many people, it does work, and they get their way. But this is not, this is not God's way. Yeah. So are are we clear about that part?
4: Absolutely. I I was very uncomfortable with it, and I d- I did mention that. And um, yeah, and I I know because I'm personal friends with this for many years, and I know that she had a very critical mother. She would tell me her mother was so critical, and I'm thinking, you know, it's interesting how generation things happen. I'm thinking her, she's the same way as her mother was. She hated her mother, absolutely hated her mother
5: for being critical. Interesting,
1: isn't it? What you've just described, if you see our material on Critical Spirit, in terms of causes, one of the primary causes Of of the causes would be a parent who has a critical spirit because it's a it's learned. They learn to (laughs) to use uh, to 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 criticize in order to manipulate their uh, result that they want.
7: No matter what you're facing, there's hope. Sometimes it's hard to believe that. When we face challenges at home, work, in our family, or maybe a private struggle, it can be hard to see what God is doing. The good news is you're not alone. If you're facing a difficult life issue, we'd love to help. Give us a call at 1-800-917 to talk with June Hunt on the Hope in the Night broadcast. You can talk with June about any issue, whether it's family, marriage, anxiety, anxiety, anger, abuse, grief, or just the everyday stress of life. June would love to hear your story and work through it together with God's word. The Bible says there is surely a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. If you'd like to talk with June, give us a call at 1-800-917. That's 1-800-644-4817. Your story might bless someone else's life.
3: The sound you're hearing is your generosity at work. That's our folding machine preparing hundreds of our short biblical resources to send to prisoners around the country. Hi, I'm Curtis Hale, president of Hope for the Heart. I want to say thank you for your prayers and financial support of our ministry. Thanks to your generosity, we've been able to send thousands of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to prisoners in Texas and to Rikers Island in New York City. These practical resources are pointing inmates to the hope of God's Word on issues like anger, abuse, depression, loneliness, salvation, and more. They're truly changing lives, and this is all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more life-changing biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope.
0: Welcome back to Hope in the Night. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we want to help you, and we want to help you Help others. Uh, If you have questions about tonight's topic or any number of topics, we have over 100 Keys for Living that will help you address your situation or maybe the situation of someone you care about and you're talking with them and would be able to give them some resources, materials there from us that would help them and uh, help you help them. Uh, And our customer support team can help you with that. Their number is 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'll help you access those uh, materials that you need. The uh, Keys for Living called Critical Spirit Confronting the Heart of a Critic. Also, we have the Keys for Living called. Manipulation, and that's subtitled "Cutting the Strings That Control." Uh, Those are all available as you get in touch with customer support at 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673. Also, find uh, many resources. Also, uh, there are quick reference guides, uh, one to two page uh, summaries of some of these, of many of these keys for living, and uh, you'll find it all there at hopefortheheart.org/store. Also, go look on the website. There for those uh, those quick reference guides to many of the keys for living and uh, you get a, a quick answer. Maybe you'll want the fuller uh, treatment of that through one of our uh, other resources or books. So um, we'll encourage you to go again to hopefortheheart.org slash store. Let's return to tonight's conversation with peace.
1: Well, my friend, I'm going to mention one thing to you. A critical spirit condemns the person as well as the action. A caring spirit condemns the action, but not the person. So right. if a person... See, you, you can know that someone is wrong, or in this case, she, your friend, your former friend at least, um, she she could think you're really wrong, but understand a person with a critical spirit condemns the person you as well as the action. In other words a, a, a person who's a friend knows that the other person, the other friend, their their friend can make wrong choices. But mm-hmm. the, but a as you've said this person has had a critical spirit i'm, I'm just confirming that that's sure, what a person yep. with a critical spirit does do they condemn the person you as well as the action so what i'm thinking is um i i while while, while yes she does have physical pain and right now it is not fully subsided at all but i think um i think you need to be a realist the realist part of you needs to expect to be blamed people with a critical spirit if they're unhappy about something in other words it, I, I i am i'm not saying you shouldn't have or try to have a a positive relationship with her, but she may not be able to turn the corner because if she grew up with this, with her mother, this may be, and it's not, I'm not going to say who she is. That sounds like an identity, but it is who she has become. That doesn't mean that she has to stay that way because there are people who've had a critical spirit. I remember one woman I was so surprised. Um, there's a town outside of uh, Fort Worth, Texas. There's Dallas, Texas, and then there's Fort Worth, which ba- they're kind of like Twin Cities, thirty miles apart. And um, I was we, we we were a new program to relatively and i had done something on manipulation it and it's really like the the flip side is is the person who's the critical one who's using manipulation in in a way so anyway this woman comes up to me she said june i just wanted to say thank you um your program has changed my whole life in fact i've gone to each of my family members and apologized to them and um I'm listening to her and I'm thinking, oh, the topic of manipulation. I said, yeah, you know, I know I, I, I was so easily manipulated and she said, no, no, no. I was the manipulator and I was critical wanting to put guilt on my family. And she said, when I heard your program, she said, I, I thought, well, that's me. Well, see, I thought I did the program for people like me who kept giving in to manipulators. So it was such a shock. And she said, I went to each family member and said, I've been wrong. I, I've not treated you right. And I have blamed you. And I've criticized you. Would you be willing to forgive me? And each one that she talked to was willing. My, my point is, um, she didn't see it until she heard a program years years ago. But I never will forget it because I thought I was doing the program on manipulation for the one who would cave in to the manipulator. Instead, I gave the description of uh, what happens, but she did apply the part that was absolutely in her in her court. If you think about tennis, well in her court that that was what um she needed to hear. And yet she responded realizing I don't want to be this way because I'm hurting the people close to me. So what I'm I'm saying in regard to your friend with this critical spirit, she may not be as aware, she may feel entitled that, sh- that you should do these things. Um, I think an issue could be, um, uh, and a lot of people did not grow up learning about boundaries. So if they can hear it or read it, um, they can go Oh, oh. And many people will begin to change. And it's hard because if there's a pattern, any pattern is hard to break. But people break bad, bad habits all the time. Is that not true?
4: Yes, absolutely.
1: So we can, change. in other words, anyone can change, but they're going to have to. I think pr- first be praying, pray pray for her. Because see, I'm I'm not hearing that you want out of her life. You just want the health, the unhealthy part out of the life, out of your relationship. You you want a healthy right. relationship with her, and right. so.
4: that's what I have to mention to you is that um. Uh, for me, I apologized to her. I said, I'm, I actually did. I said, I'm really sorry about not being able to be there for you as much, but I, I'm not going to change my mind about it. She's like, I can't believe, whatever. So I said, I don't, I'm not going to change my mind, and I kind of stuck to what I was going to say. But I have apologized to her on numerous occasions, and I guess she's like, well, I still, she, uh, she says, I still think you're just a good time friend. You're not a really good Friend at all. I'm like, I'm just going on about this stuff and I'm like kind of sick and tired of hearing it. But in my thought... I want to live in peace and forgiveness, so I have, you know, um am called back. It seems to be like she's just always telling me, please pray for me. I'm in pain all the time. And anyway, to make a long story short, when I knew her, she did missionary work. She really loved her whole personality change. She used to really love the Lord, and now she's just so bitter. Um, so mm. it's hard to, It's hard to see that change. And I don't even know if she was addicted to um, medications like um or uh, what's the word, Um, some of the medications for for pain can be addictive. So sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, I I said, said, are you addicted to those medications she flipped out over? Because some people can be addicted to OxyContin and all those things. So um, it's a combination of things. So anyway, just having said that, I would like to still continue to be friends with her because I know her for years, but I don't particularly mm-hmm. like the way I'm treated. I, I don't think I want to in, stay in that relationship, but I don't want to be enemies, and I'm not really enemies with her. But I think, as the Bible said, I did send her a gift, which I did, and I told her in the thing, just, you know, I really care about you and love you. I'm just trying to show the love of Jesus to her because she feels so alone, as she told me, very alone in the world. And I just sent her that, and then I said, did you receive my gift? And her answer was this. This, her, her answer was you know what um, please don't send me any uh, gifts because I'm trying to um, n- ha- not have stuff in my house it wasn't like well that's really nice of you <laughs> she's like mm-hmm. and, um, and then she said I still think that you're um, I still am not going to change mine I still think you're just a good time friend she did put that in there I'm like, I'm like what is that all about but anyway so I don't know it's just crazy
1: stuff yeah, no, it's 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 what I call um, the seesaw. If I can push you down, or if she can push you down, then she rises up on the seesaw, right?
4: Right.
1: Okay. So as long as she's push- yep. putting you down, that that raises her up, and so she feels better about her as long as she can make you look bad. And you're talking about you know the classic that oh you're just a fair weather friend and but i'm i'm hearing that you didn't that you, you were really concerned because she was talking about she could die and you thought i i don't think i can do this i don't feel qualified um and yet she won't but, hear she won't hear she refuses to hear the reasoning uh of you doing that i would be very careful about um i'm not sure she can hear Anything that's quote unquote critical like her possibly being addicted um she would take that as criticism I think uh, more than likely so you to be right. very very aware there there are people that I think I could help, but you know I, they would not receive it well, and so i i don't act I don't say anything unless I'm asked um Right. And so are you wanting us to deal with the other situation or talk more about this situation? Because I'm not sure we're exactly where we need to be. But um, you, you okay. tell me what you want. I want
4: to, you know, a, little bit, a little bit more on how to be... Friends with I still want to be friends with her. I really do. If I can, you know, and I I really think I, you know, there's, and then also deal with the with the other situation if I can on how to be friends with
1: a controller. (laughs) Okay. Well, when uh, we see that our schedule works out for that, we'll have her back on, and uh, just pray for her discernment uh, for. And, and and that there be appropriate, there, there's a time to speak and a time to be silent. And just because we can think somebody needs to change in a certain area, um, our words may not be heard. In fact, it can cause uh, antagonism. And so at times we have to be sure we're led by the Spirit of God as to what to say and when to say it. I hope you all will hang on to hope.
0: We will send the keys for living called manipulation, cutting the strings that control. Also, we have critical spirit confronting the heart of a critic. We'll send those out free of charge. That's because of your generous support of this ministry. If you'd like to give to keep hope in the night on the air and to send those resources and keep those going, We would uh, welcome you to go to hopefortheheart.org slash donate, and we thank you. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and recent programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope. The preceding program was prerecorded.